Vaughn Palmer joins us from Victoria to talk about uh, developments at uh, the B.C. legislature. And Vaughn, it seems that uh, the Republican presidential campaign uh, is not the only place where uh, untoward language is being used. Yeah, John, I, for a moment there yesterday, I really thought they might have to start including a, a parental advisory warning on the parliamentary channel that uh, the, the viewing may not be suitable for all audiences, because you had on the floor of the House an exchange of F-bombs between Cabinet Minister Bill Bennett and opposition member Norm MacDonald. Um, look, we know the word. We hear it all the time. I've been known to use it myself. The floor of the legislature, you know, people do bring classes of kindergarten and grade one, two, and three kids elementary school kids into that place. Um, it The legislature's had some bad days, but this was a pretty bad day. How did this all come down? You know, they're in the middle of a debate of the Mines Act, and, uh, you know, the opposition member, uh, one of the other opposition members is giving the government heck, saying, you know, you haven't created as good an investment climate as you think. Um uh, According to the Fraser Institute, uh, British Columbia is a worse place to put your money in mining, a harder place to invest in mining than Venezuela. Um, I guess it was the Venezuela, maybe it was the Fraser Institute, but whatever it is, Bill Bennett, the mines minister, who has quick temper, starts screaming, like yelling across the floor. And Norm MacDonald uh, of the NDP then jumps in and starts yelling back. Uh, those two members represent ridings on the eastern side of the province, and to say they don't like each other is putting it mildly. Um, one's a new Democrat, one's a liberal. They probably can't understand how the other one keeps getting reelected. Anyway, uh, and then we get to the F-bomb exchange. It's pretty shocking. Um, it, it gets picked up on the mics on Hansard, and the chair of the proceedings, who, the assistant deputy speaker, Raj Chuan, uh, he says, you're going to have to withdraw that. That's that's just too much. Well, by that point, Bennett's already left the chamber. McDonald does withdraw. Bennett comes back later and withdraws and apologizes. But, you know, I'll give it to the Speaker of the Legislature, Linda Reed. She comes in to adjourn the proceedings just before noon, and she tells both sides that their conduct has been appalling, which it was, and it's going to have to stop. Um, look, the election's a year away. Politics is vigorous in British Columbia. John, we don't expect the two sides to go easy on each other. But there are lines that shouldn't be crossed, and yesterday was one of them. But this is a, a, the, the place, uh, the legislature, this is a place that, um, where, where a lot of, of, I would describe it as just nasty sniping, yep. goes on all the time when the, the House is sitting. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought a Rafe Mayer had a line a long time ago that the legislature is where we let off steam because we try not to let off steam in the streets. And you, it is a place where members hit each other pretty hard and they accuse each other of corruption and all sorts of things. And, yeah. uh, you know, you might get punched in the face in a bar for saying some of the stuff you say in the house. I, I accept that. I will say, however, the speaker is right. The, the decorum, any dignity at all has been fraying. The heckling is out of control. And both leaders should have a word with their caucuses and say, folks, you know, we can fight the next election in any number of ways, but we don't need to descend to this level because it doesn't help our own cause, never mind the dignity of the place. All right. Let's uh, shift gears uh, and talking about uh, dignity. 
or lack of same. Um, what's happening within the Republican Party is Donald Trump uh, seems to be, um, uh, well, taking over, uh, has certainly has a, a major lead in terms of uh, delegate support for the upcoming convention. What do you make of what's happened just in the last 24 hours? Um, I would recommend people, if they've got 17 minutes, to go on YouTube and watch the Mitt Romney speech that he gave in Utah yesterday. It's, it's not actually a collection of sound bites. It's actually a very good political speech. Um, and and well worth seeing if you've got if you've got 17 minutes because it's a it's it's a, the case against Donald Trump. I mean, the Democrats could not put together a better case against Donald Trump because you know I've been following this for quite a while, and his detailed critique of what is wrong with Trump. Uh, I mean, he doesn't just call Trump a fraud, a phony, and a menace to the country. He explains why. And it's a very good speech. Um, it's also one of those crossing the bridges speeches, John, because if Trump is the Republican nominee, the Democrats could put together a series of attack ads just quoting the previous Republican nominee. I mean, there's no going back from what Romney said yesterday. Yeah. And as a result, we are either seeing the beginning of the, mov- the movement that will deny Donald Trump the nomination, and they're starting very, very late on this. I think they, they ignored him for a while. Or we are seeing uh, the beginning of a movement that will break up the Republican Party. And either way, American politics does have the occasional realignment. We may be on the verge of seeing one. This is, this is a big deal. And I think you're seeing it particularly in the Republican sources of information. The Republicans themselves are agonizing about this. Uh, Peggy Noonan, who was the great Ronald Reagan speechwriter, she writes a column for the Wall Street Journal. It's very good. Uh, she has a piece uh, saying just that, that mm-hmm. you know, we may be seeing the end of what we know as the Republican Party. Well, there's no doubt that the things have descended into this uh, civil war, this sort of, uh, as, as Politico.com put it, sloppy and unpredictable yeah. uh, civil war. Uh, and so what what must the Democrats be thinking? Because, uh, I guess the the uh, considered opinion is that, well, if, if this continues, then uh, Hillary Clinton has a cakewalk. But is that so, necessarily? Well, you know, the other great thing about the Romney speech is that he tells you what's wrong with the Clintons. And he says what a lot of Democrats have said about the Clintons, and both of them, and what um, a lot of voters may say. I, I don't know as though the outcome in November is a foregone conclusion, even if it's Trump versus Clinton. They, we may be seeing a realignment. Here's something else I would throw out. To, to what degree is all this a function of the way we have, the, the enormous change in the way we consume political messages? We get a lot of our attitudes from late-night comedians not from serious discussion in uh, mainstream news media. We get an awful lot of what we know and say about it from social media, which is, you know, the 140 characters of Twitter. Yeah. Um, as I said, people could go and watch that Mitt Romney speech. Watch the entire 17 minutes. Uh, there are still great speeches being made out there, and sometimes it's better to consume them in their entirety rather than from sound bites and, and tweets. Uh, where is Donald Trump's support coming from? Because there's no question that uh, his uh, his candidacy has uh, mobilized a, a certain uh, group of people. Because um, you know he's he's uh, there are record turnouts uh, in in different states. He seems to have 
a, a draw right across uh, the yep. democratic uh, the uh, demographic uh, scope. Uh, that's quite true. Uh, half half the people in American elections uh, don't vote. A big chunk of them aren't even registered to vote, and and uh, it's not easy to register to vote in the United States. So. He's speaking to them. Uh, I watched his speech uh, the night of Super Tuesday, and, uh, you know, again, you see an entire Donald Trump speech. You can see what he's uh, appealing to people. He's appealing to people who feel like, like China can't be trusted as a trading partner and that they're taking advantage of the United States. He appeals to people who think it's appalling that major U.S. corporations that used to employ a large number of unionized Americans are moving their production overseas. Uh, that the United States can't seem to control its border with Mexico. All of the issues that, all of the buttons Trump is pushing are legitimate concerns. I think, you know, the reason that people who hear him say this and who, who know the issues are appalled is because his solutions, again, I give you Mitt Romney's speech, his solutions won't necessarily work. But it's easy to see the anger he's tapping and... I would say fundamentally the anger he's tapping has an awful lot to do with the state of the American economy, with the decline of the country's manufacturing base, uh, the passing of the days when the United States was the both the wealthiest and the most powerful country yeah. in the face of the earth. Yeah, Vaughn, I appreciate it very much. I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll catch up with you again Bye-bye. next week. Vaughn Palmer, read him in the Vancouver Sun and the Sun Online.